BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, and welcome back to episode six of the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. Today we have guest Rachel Mansfield. She's a very close friend of mine and an incredible food blogger. If you haven't seen her Instagram or her blog, you have to check it out at Rachel Mansfield with no E. So it's Rachel L. Mansfield. She's fantastic. She has grown exponentially fast. So I cannot wait for her to share her wisdom with you guys. I think you will soak it in and you will love her down-to-earth personality. I know that I do. I'm very obsessed with down-to-earth people in the space. I think it's kind of hard to come by, so I really appreciate it. It helps set my soul on fire. I also have to give a shout out to my audio engineer, Mr. Thomas Genovese, who's here helping me today with the sound quality. He's sitting here. Introduce yourself. Hello. My name's Tom Genovese. I'm from Sacramento. I'm into music stuff. And Jordan asked for my expertise in setting up the podcast and making it the best it can be. Yes. So now you guys even know where Tommy's from. He just jumped in and gave you all the info. Tommy's a longtime friend of mine. He means a lot to me. He just sat here with tons of patience while I complained about my stomach problems and freaked out about the microphone not working and freaked out about a lot of other things regarding garage band, mixers, words I've never heard before. Right, Tom? Right. So tell our listeners, Tom, something interesting that they would not know about me otherwise, because Tommy knows me better than just about anybody. He's known me for over a decade, so I'm sure he has some funny stories up his sleeve, and I'm going to put him on the spot. Are you ready for this, Tom? Oh, yeah. Well, this is going to be hard to do following Jane, your mother, who (laughs) exposed so many little things about you. It's true. Hmm. I think she mentioned that you were a perfectionist, and that's what comes to mind for me as well. But people already know that. That's not a random fact. hmm. Random fact. You can go all the way back to high school if you want to. Okay, so one year for my birthday, Jordan got me tickets to go see one of our favorite bands, Jack's Mannequin. But unfortunately, it was canceled due to the band being in a car accident. Their tour bus flipped over. Yeah, Which completely sucks for them, and I hope they all recovered, but it sucks for us, too. (laughs) We were really excited about it. Tommy's birthday is right around Christmas time, so I got him these tickets for his birthday. I think they're going to go the day after New Year's, I'm pretty sure, is when the concert was. We were so excited. I think we were, like, 17, Mm -hmm. so (laughs) we were stoked to drive to San Francisco from Sacramento, get our concert on, see our favorite band. We were so thrilled. (laughs) And then we got word that the the rest of the tour was canceled, starting with the show that we were supposed to go to, which is the same thing that happened to me when I was supposed to see Maroon 5 in Rome. My two favorite bands ever. It shouldn't be so hard to see. I know. So that's a good random fact, Tom. See, you you could think of something. So I'm so grateful to have him here helping me out with the sound quality, making it as luscious and smooth as possible for your guys' listening pleasure. So thanks so much for being here, Tom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so now, without further ado, let's introduce Miss Rachel Mansfield. You guys are very lucky to be soaking in her wisdom. She has so much to share. So let's hop into it. Okay, guys, I'm very excited about today's guest, as I always am. I think I probably start every single episode 
saying I'm so excited about today's guest because I've had a list of people in my mind who I've wanted to have on the podcast for probably over a year before I even started this podcast because I knew there were so many people in my life, friends, bloggers, my family members, entrepreneurs, CEOs, people who have such interesting, incredible stories that I wanted to share so badly with you guys because they've set their souls on fire. They're doing things that they absolutely love. Rachel's one of those people. She has a food blog and it's turning into a bit of a lifestyle blog as well. She's one of the most consistent people I know with her photos. You could recognize her photos anywhere on the internet by the white marble slab that she photographs. Beautiful, beautiful, delicious, healthy paleo, like healthy, healthy version, everything type of food on. And she just posts so often that you cannot miss her stuff. She's amazing. Rachel Mansfield, please go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Well, thank you so much for that wonderful intro, George. I'm like blushing a little bit. <laughs> I love, it's so true. Oh, and I didn't even add what, what good of friends we are. So of course, that's like number one on the list of what makes you so awesome is that we're so close or what makes this so awesome not what makes you so awesome but what I makes know having you on so awesome well we go way back because you knew me before I even started an Instagram account so you've really seen the bottom to where it is now which is such a crazy transition I know um, yeah tell our listeners how we met so I was managing the social media and bloggers and influencers um, at a company a few years ago and well more like a year ago it just feels like a few years ago it really Um, feels like a few years ago it's (laughs) so crazy and I always really like looked up to bloggers I used to read all blogs and I loved Instagram and I wanted to send the company's product to the balanced blonde or no it was I think it was the blonde vegan at the time yeah I think I I was just about to switch to the balanced blonde Yeah, it was like right in that like transitional phase. Um, And I sent you the product and we kept working together. I was on the brand side and you were on the influencer blogger side. And then we just kept talking. I mean, we just, I kept working with you. And then from there, I seeked advice from you, the real Instagram master queen blogging expert herself. And you really like helped guide me in the beginning stages of this and still do today. Yes. And look at how far you've come. I completely remember so clearly the first conversation that we had on the phone. Okay. By the way, I don't know why my text messages are dinging right now, even though I have my notification thing turned on for do not disturb. So anybody listening, I'm sorry. My texts are being loud, but... (laughs) Back to back to the conversation that Rachel and I had when she called me. Um, I guess this was just a little over a year ago when you called to just kind of pick my brain about starting a blog, starting an Instagram account, how to get Yeah, you were driving. You were in the car driving somewhere. And yeah. I remember being like, I can't believe this girl is like taking time out of her day to like talk to me and like listen to me vent and give me like some direction. It meant so much. Um, I had such a good feeling. Well, because we had only met like the time that one time that you came out here to my app launch party with the company that you were working for. But I had such a good feeling about you and what you were doing because I mean, I do try to help and give people advice who are starting out blogging just as. I'm sure you probably try to help and do that with people now, but I definitely don't just hop on the phone with it, with just anybody who asks or else I would be on the phone all the time. But I had a really good feeling about you and what you were doing. And I just felt like I definitely want to talk to this girl on the phone and I want to hear what her ideas are and just give her like some of the tips that have helped me, even though when I started my Instagram and my blog, it was just a different era I think so it's it's different things that work with social media now that worked back then so I just give tips and sometimes they stick with people sometimes they totally don't just because of you know the changing climate of social media but for you things clearly worked out because you've grown at such a rapid incredible pace so 
for people listening, if you haven't checked out Rachel's Instagram or her blog, it's called Rachel Mansfield, but not regular Rachel. It's Rachel Mansfield. And you should really look at it while you're listening to this podcast because her food pictures will make you drool like crazy. And she's also started posting some pictures of her outfits and using reward style like to know it. So she kind of has like the dual lifestyle food thing going on right now. And it's pretty incredible the rate at which she has grown. So she started her Instagram and her blog not too long ago. Her every single time I look at Rachel's social media, she has like thousands of new followers. Oh my God, no. Yes. (laughs) And she also gets, I even sent her a message the other day, more than 10,000 likes on some of her photos, which for No, but that was just ridiculous. Like that was ridiculously (laughs) awesome. That was so cool. And even when she doesn't get 10,000 likes, she definitely gets in the, in the many thousands, which for people who blog and for people who have a substantial following or even for people who don't, you probably know that that is very high engagement. It's something that every blogger aspires to have because engagement is really what, what it's all about when you're blogging. You don't want to just blog to outer space if people aren't showing you that they're listening or that they're engaged. So Rachel's engagement is super above and beyond what most bloggers I see out there have. And I think it's really, really cool. So my question for you, Rachel, is what do you attribute to your very high engagement rate? Because I think that's something that probably everybody wonders who follows you or who follows other highly engaged people. Is there something specific that you do to make sure that you're highly engaged? I would say showing like appreciation and just like interacting with everyone. And when I was first starting out, I was noticing that like I would comment on so many people's photos and like not just liking them, but commenting them and actually saying like my opinion, like, oh, wow, that looks really good. I have to try that. Or if it was like more of a fashion post, like that looks so beautiful. Like I love your sweater. Like, you know what I mean? Like some type of like conversation to interact with everyone on Instagram. And I personally noticed that the bigger the blogger or Instagrammer got, the less likely they were to actually go back onto their comments and, and acknowledge people like, and it's, it's really easy, I guess, to like, forget about it or be like, Oh yeah, like people will just keep commenting. But I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for my Instagram community. So if like somebody writes on there and like they compliment like the photo that I'm posting, I will absolutely write back to them because I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for them. And to show that appreciation and I think that's really key in keeping an engagement rate growing. And I think when I like I guess less of a conversational aspect is just hashtags I think really help as well when it comes to engagement and using the right hashtags for for like what you're doing. Like for me, I use like grain free or paleo or gluten free or, you know, whatever the recipe is. Um, and then a lot of the like media sites like Buzzfeed or whole foods has specific hashtags I'll use. And that definitely helps garner a lot more likes as well. Yeah, that's really, really good advice. I completely agree in terms of responding to people who comment on your photos. I do the same thing and I think it's it's I don't know it's it's too bad when people don't write back to the people who are complimenting them and asking questions I mean there's always questions that come in asking what brands did you use to make this recipe or what's your favorite of this and that and I often see big bloggers not responding and sometimes not so big bloggers not responding just people who aren't responding and I think it's too bad because some people might not understand that it's just common courtesy and etiquette to write back to the people who are showing you appreciation because there's so many bloggers out there who are developing recipes who are sharing their outfits who are sharing their lifestyles so those other people can always go to somebody else's blog and ask them questions and they might respond. So I think it really is an honor when somebody is coming to you to ask you those questions or to tell you that they really like what you're doing. So I love that you're into the responses and I couldn't agree more. I think that helps a lot with engagement, but it also just 
helps to show the people that are following you that they matter, that they matter to you and they matter to your brand. And without them, you wouldn't really have the audience or the opportunity to be a blogger because if they aren't there, then you don't really have the same. Oh, absolutely. You don't really have much. So I think that that definitely helps with your engagement, too. And you're really good at responding to people. And I also think another reason why your audience is so highly engaged and why it grows has grown so rapidly is because your photos and your content is really consistent, really consistent, which is why I think it's so cool that you've added in this whole fashion element to what you're doing now, because you've been so highly consistent with your food photos, but also the type of photo it is the background that it's taken on, the angle that it's taken off, the ingredients that you use. (laughs) And I think, I mean, there's something to be said for that. Like as a full-time blogger, it can be really hard to streamline your aesthetic that way. And I think because when people follow you, they know what they're going to get. They're very likely to engage. Like there's lots of blogs, including my own at times, that can be a little all over the place in terms of aesthetic on social media because I'm the kind of person who really likes to post on a whim. I sort of fly by the seat of my pants, which I think can drive some people crazy, like people who work with me and people who manage me, because sometimes I will post a really grainy photo that's taken in a really dark yoga studio with like a novel of a caption just because I feel like it and because it kind of it responds to like this craving that I get to connect with my audience and with my followers and with people, friends, etc. So I do that. I can hardly help myself sometimes. So I am very, I, I really admire people like you who really work hard to streamline everything, which requires a ton of work. Like you were just saying before we started recording that you have been making recipes all day, which people might think, that sounds awesome and fun because it is, but it's also exhausting because it's not just like, oh, fun making recipes. It's really putting tons of thought into making the recipes, styling the food, making sure everything tastes good, photographing, editing the photos, <laughs> um, y- you know, lining them up in your content calendar. So it's a lot of work. And I think it's very admirable that you have streamlined your content so well. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, I don't know if it's like, I, I just, it's more like an OCD type thing. <laughs> At first I would only post like the most perfect looking photos. And when I was first starting the account back, I guess it was like March or April of 2015. And I was like so particular about what I posted and I still am very, very particular, but I think that it started to like branch out a little bit, like you said, and a little some like more lifestyle photos, but my bread and butter is definitely like the white or marble background and the bright color, like the bright colorful photos and very minimal props. And there's almost the same lighting. I only shoot photos when it's raining or really cloudy because when I shoot it, when it's sunny, the quality is so just like it's off for me and it doesn't fit within my style. So for example, t- like Tuesday and Wednesday this week, it's going to be torrential downpour here in Manhattan, supposedly. So I'm like making every recipe that I have to get done for the next couple weeks. So that way I could shoot all of them tomorrow and Wednesday because my work life revolves around the weather, which sounds ridiculous. But if it doesn't, then my photos are off and then it doesn't look as good. And then the brands are going to be disappointed that I'm working with if I'm not producing my quality content for them. Um, and consistency is key. Like it, it makes me so happy when one of my readers will see my photo on like the whole foods account or feed feed or whatever it is. And they're like, Oh, we knew that was Rachel's before you, before we even saw the caption. Like that makes me so happy because I don't consider myself a food stylist or a food photographer whatsoever. Like I really just take photos of food and almost like play dress up with them, which sounds silly, but that's all I try and do and just have like my own style be portrayed in each of them. 
Yeah, that's so cool. I think that's such a huge compliment when people see your photos and know that it was your photo before they even see that it was for sure your photo. I think yeah, especially probably... if it's what? sorry. Go no, go ahead. I was, gonna, I was gonna say especially if it's just something of like a banana bread or something. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's Rachel. <laughs> but it's true. I could point out a Rachel banana bread from like ten thousand miles away, and the only times I've been wrong are when people have recreated their rec- your recipes and tried to shoot them very similar to you. That's <laughs> when I'm like, oh, I still recognize that banana bread, which is really cool. I think that's that is advice that I try to give to all bloggers who are starting out or even people who've been blogging for a long time is to find that consistency and to find some sort of aesthetic, even if it's not as streamlined as yours, which is definitely something to strive for. But, you know, if people don't have that white marble background or if people just have a nine to five, so they can't necessarily wait on the weather, that kind of stuff, then to just have a few different aesthetics to choose from to go back to, I think is key key to have that consistency so when it comes to all of this food that you're making all the time and all the recipes that you're developing what do you do with all of it because when (laughs) I was blogging about food and doing recipe developing back in the day when I used to release like a recipe a day on my blog it was very hard to have all that food around. Like I didn't know what to do with it. I would sometimes try to eat it all. I would sometimes try to pawn it off on like everybody at my grad school or sometimes I would just get overwhelmed with it and start throwing it away because I felt like I don't even have room in my New York apartment for this. So what do you do with all of your food? Well, that is a very good question. Um, And I do, for those of you who don't know, I do live in Manhattan. So my apartment is very small. Um, My apartment before this, I moved two months ago from another apartment in in NYC. And I was in 450 square feet. And I'm married. Like, my husband obviously lives with me. So there wasn't enough room to go around. And when we were looking for a new apartment, my, like, number one request was to get a pantry because – I bought like this like beautiful piece of like furniture that you'd put into your living room for like, like, like wine glasses and plates and stuff. And it was stocked with like granola and nut butter and seeds and flour. And my husband's like, what are you doing? Like this was made for like our wedding registry things. And I was, I still shove food in it right now. And when it comes to products and shipments, I get very overwhelmed, like very easily because I'm such a like nerd, like OCD meat freak. Like I need everything to be in order at all times. And when I get packages and we bring them up, like I don't open them until I'm mentally ready and prepared to open that package and find a place for it in our apartment. And when I guess when it comes to like product scent if I love it then I keep it if I don't love it I'll donate it to the poor I'll give it to my mom I'll give it to friends my mother-in-law like anyone um and then when it comes to recipe foods I try and map it out so that way like it nothing goes to waste and it really just goes to like Jordan and I and like our family members or if I'm seeing friends that week but for example today I made like two recipes I mean, two breakfast recipes and then the other two were like entree type recipes. So that way, like I can have some for breakfast, some for a snack and then the entrees we can just alter, um, alternate. Yeah. So nothing ever goes to waste, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't get overwhelmed. I actually just Insta story videoed, whatever my fridge and I can't even fit two of the recipes that I just made in my fridge right now. It's on overload. You're going to need to channel your um, Jordan Younger circa college years and get an extra mini fridge to keep around, which I had to do uh, for all of the produce because I was such a diehard plant-based vegan. But that's really good <laughs> advice. And I can definitely relate to that because I too, with all of the boxes that arrive here, even if it's not all uh. food, I mean, it is a lot food and clothes and literally everything. I cannot open those boxes until I'm mentally prepared. I wish I was one of those people who could just open boxes as they arrived and, you know, dig in, find a place for what's inside of it, get rid of the box immediately. But I'm not one of those people. I I just can't. I have a really hard time with it. And everybody 
in my life who was trying to give me business advice and guidance, one of the first things that they say when they hear about all the boxes that I get is, oh, why don't you just hire an intern or get an assistant to go through your boxes and to put them on a shelf for you and break down the boxes and throw them away. And in theory, that sounds like such a good idea, but there's so much careful looking that has to happen inside of those boxes to determine is this a sponsored post that I've already signed a contract for or is this a brand that's sending me something just as a gift or is this a brand sending me something because they want me to do a giveaway with my followers is this something that I've legitimately ordered on Amazon that I need for my apartment I really have to take the time to look because there's just I get probably like seven packages a day and I'm willing to bet you probably do as well and people don't believe me until they spend a whole day with me like I'll get a couple packages in the morning and people will say oh wow you really do get a lot of packages every day and I'm like yeah just wait just wait as the day goes on and then we go out for the day we come back and there's five more stacked and it takes seeing it with their own eyes for people to believe believe me and I don't have a lot of space in my apartment so I actually look like a hoarder because in one corner of my apartment it just stacked with boxes and then with just tons of products that I've tried to stuff into these two bins that my friend Katie when she came to organize my apartment put together for me but they don't fit inside of the two tiny little bins so I actually should really go back to bed bath and beyond and get like (laughs) a monster truck to keep everything in so I can relate to that and when it comes to you know what you do you you eat your food you share it with your husband her husband's name is Jordan by the way if anybody was confused by her Jordan reference Um, my two Jords I always joke (laughs) no and he's the best he came to our flywheel class and he was such a rock star he's he's such an awesome hubby um, oh thank you he'll love to hear that as oh he is and he's, <laughs> he's so lucky to have all the extra food lying around I'm sure he absolutely loves that I think it's probably most people's dream and to go yeah. back to how you said you don't waste anything I think that's awesome and I'll probably get some comments from people who don't like the fact that I used to waste some of the stuff that I made because I truly didn't know what to do with it But my answer to that is that's why I don't really food blog anymore. I'm just not (laughs) cut out to have all that extra food around because I definitely have, you know, some issues around food. And I think to keep things as balanced as possible for me, not have too much food around, not have no food around is something that I have to do. And that's why I don't make several recipes a day, or at least I try not to. And if I do, I just give it to whoever is around me. I take it to Orange Theory. And I'm like, hey, guys, here's oh, yeah. 10 jars of stuffed cookie dough. It's really good. And that's really funny about it. I bring it my stuff to bar three a lot too. And to my fly, my flywheel um, instructors, I'm like, I made brownies, I wanted to share some with you. And I feel like it's like, whatever, they're my workout instructors, but they need to eat too. And I'm like, they're all my recipes are clean, so they should enjoy them. Yeah, uh, but it's definitely, it's a lot. I mean, my, my best friend uh, loves getting mail. And every time I get a lot of packages, she goes, anything good? And I'm like, I haven't opened them yet. Like, they're still sitting there. Because I really will get around, I would say, per week, maybe, I would say about eight a day. So... A lot, maybe about 50 a week. It's disgusting. You know the struggle. And it's exciting. It's really fun to get all those packages. But when it is what you do for work, it can also be sort of stressful. Because you don't want to miss anything important. And you don't want to miss anything that has to be refrigerated and all that good stuff. So I definitely get it. So I want to go back to what this whole podcast is about, which is, how people set their souls on fire. I think you've completely set your soul on fire with blogging full time and leaving your previous job to dive into this risky business of the blog life. So I want to hear a little bit about how you made that decision and how you knew or how you at least thought that this was the right path for you. Yeah. Well, I just realized, I feel like because, um, I feel like because I know you so well, I didn't really give my background story because I just I assumed so everybody knows. So that's why knows. I figured let's let's do Sorry it now about that. So that people okay. can people can hear people who don't know you as well as I do can hear. 
Yeah. Okay. For sure. So I, about a year ago, actually December 3rd is my one year anniversary of being fired at my previous job. Um, a really juicy blog post coming on that very soon. I don't usually go, I don't show a lot of my emotions and like storytell in my blog posts as well as you do. Like I, it's more just like, here's the paleo banana bread. I use these ingredients. They're good for you. Like make it and love it. Um, and this one's a, it's like a reflection post and I'm really excited to share it. But a year ago, um, I was fired from my job and basically because of my blog and Instagram account, uh, which at the time were, they were quality, but it was very small and it was a fraction of where it is today. And I didn't know what to do. I was, I was literally depressed for a for probably about a month and I was fired right before the holidays when nobody's hiring and nobody's even thinking about doing anything work related because they're too busy like decorating Christmas trees and eating cookies and enjoying the moment which is wonderful but um I was really at a loss and I decided uh along with my parents and my husband to really try blogging full-time and see if I could make it work and I gave myself three to six months and told myself I was going to go full throttle and see what I could make of myself and knock on wood I'm still going and almost 12 months have have gone by and it's been very crazy it's been an extraordinary year and it's nothing that I could have imagined at the age of 26 to work for yourself which George you could totally relate to that um and especially going from working for the man in quotes to working for yourself is a really awesome transition. Um, and the po- the blog post I'm writing about is really just to hopefully help inspire other girls and, and boys, but um, to find something that they're passionate about and really take it to the next level. And a huge reason why I started my Instagram in the first place was because I felt that I was so undervalued and undercompensated at my last job that I wanted to find a side income. And I didn't think that would come from making recipes. I thought that the side income would come from selling overnight oats in a jar and saying that out loud, just as like, Rachel, what were you thinking? Selling, wanting to sell overnight oats. <laughs> I remember when you started doing that. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, and I, it just, I start, so I, anyways, I started all of this just because of that, like, gap of something was missing in my life, and I also have always been pretty, like, weird with food, and I mean, I don't think that I'm weird with food, but if you ask a lot of my, like, good friends outside of the blogging world, they think that I eat very weird. Um, Healthy, and finally, <laughs> Yeah, exactly, like, I yeah, don't eat yeah. queso and Doritos, like, I, I thrive off of, like, paleo granola and, like, Greek yogurt, like, so kill me. And lots of um, green salads. Exactly, exactly. I know you. Um, and, well, I actually, I've gotten a lot of my good friends now to really, like, speak green, which has been, which has been very nice. But, um, you know, finally find something that I'm not, that I'm passionate about and that I'm not embarrassed about who I am, which is really important because life is too short to be embarrassed about who you are and you want to show the world, like, what what makes you get up in the morning? Like what makes you thrive and take it to the next level? And that's thankfully what I've been doing for the last, last year. Did that even make sense? I feel like I rambled. for no, the It made so <laughs> it much made- sense. I'm so glad that you got deep and shared some of your emotions with that, because that's, that's what it is all about when it comes to setting your soul on fire and following your heart. It's a really hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to have confidence about. And it's a hard thing to listen to that little voice in your head that tells you I do deserve more and I do deserve to focus on the things that I love the most so that's what you've done and I think that's incredible and I can totally agree with what you said about not being embarrassed to be exactly who you are because I think starting a blog you really have to focus you have to hone in on what are the things about you that are really different than things about other people that you know so For me, one thing I've always been really into, even before it was the hip, cool, trendy thing to do, was yoga. I would do yoga religiously in high school when the only place to go was a sweaty Bikram studio that was super hippie granola that anybody who I brought to was just so not into it. 
and I was gluten-free back before there were any gluten-free options from any brand or any cool restaurant whatsoever. So I can definitely relate when you say that you just really have to follow your heart and go with those things that make you eccentric and different. And that could be a path to blog about. If you're looking for something to blog about, just find those things that make you different and have confidence. And people were always like, who is this girl? She's weird. She's really into health and yoga. And what are all these weird things about her? But somehow, instead of running away from it, I was always lucky to be pretty confident in exactly who I was and know what it was that made me happy as opposed to things that I absolutely hated and didn't like, even if it was the normal status quo or normal social, whatever. I just never forced myself to bend to be like anybody else. And I think that's why I've followed those things about me and started blogging about them instead of running away from them. But everybody has that. Everybody has that. Even my mom, who at the age of 62 has just started a fashion blog because fashion is what she loves the most. That's what sets her apart from other people. It sets her soul on fire. She's the person that all of her friends and our family go to for fashion advice and for personal shopping and for tips and edgy fashion, everything. Her blog is Dirty Martinis and Skinny Jeans if anybody wants to check it out and if you haven't seen it yet. But my point is everybody has that thing. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm I'm the one leaving the bar at like by 12 because I have to get up at 8 a.m. to go to bar class in the morning. Like a year ago, I would have been like mortified. I'd be like, oh, I'm not feeling well. Like I have to go. And now I'm like, no, I need to get up early tomorrow. Like I, I have to go to work out. Like I need to do my work. And it is what it is. I'm like people, I would say starting this Instagram really helped me get over a lot of like insecurities that I had about everything. So it's definitely, it's important to find what you're passionate about and what really like what makes you get up and just do it and follow your heart and follow your dreams, which sounds so cheesy. And if someone said that to me, I'd be like, shut the F up. But it's so true. It's It's just cheesy. I mean, people, I think people need to hear the backstory because all they see is this really pretty curated Instagram feed with really consistent, awesome photos and high engagement. And they think that you've been, that you've just been doing this forever or something, but no, there was such a story to get here and such a journey. So that's very important. So when you were starting your blog and um, as you started to rev up as a new blogger, what have been some of your favorite blogs to read? You know what? It makes makes me sound so bad, but as I've been blogging more, I've been reading blogs less. I I think because a I'm any spare time I have, I try and just like close my eyes and and take a bath. Right. Oh, Um, we both love taking baths. (laughs) Oh my gosh, every day. Every Um, day. So it's definitely been hard, and now I more read blogs because it's like my friends writing them. So I read your blog because I a want to support you and B because I love hearing your voice and how you're like speaking to your readers. Um, but when it comes to blogs, I'm so like out of the loop when it comes to reading them now, which I sound so horrible, but I stay up to date on Instagram. (laughs) Yes. Well, so what I, what are some of your favorite Instagram accounts to follow? Um, I've, do you know I've never been asked that? Like, no one's ever I asked I try to come up with questions. What can I say? That was pretty good. I'm going to bring up my Instagram so that I don't forget. Yeah. Um, See who your most searched people are. Oh, that's so true. Okay, well, two of them. <laughs> you're one of them. Woo! The, the other one is like to know it. Oh, my gosh, because I like like to see what everyone's wearing. Yeah, and then another one is, oh, Jeanette from Shut the Kale Up. Of course. Um, Who doesn't stalk her? She's like, I know. such a fun person to stalk. And she's been one of my good friends since since I started this Instagram, along with um Blair from Balance with B. Love she's her. amazing. So nice. She and she's a fellow yogi for you too, George. So Yeah, I, I know I love I, her yoga posts. Yeah, she's amazing. Um and Chickpea in the City is my friend Addie. Yeah, she's so sweet. Yeah, I would say the three of them are definitely like, I just, I love following them and I love seeing how much they grow. And we, I mean, I've been talking to them since I was like, literally, I think at like 5,000 um, in, on Instagram. I hate saying Instagram followers. because It sounds so like stupid, but like, since <laughs> I was like, they are, 
I know, but I hate but they are following you. Since I've had 5,000 in my Instagram community. um, Yeah, there we go. (laughs) That uh, I've been talking to them. So it's just been so nice to see everyone blossom. So those are my favorites. Yeah, it is fun to see people who you started with, you know, around the same time blossom. I kind of like to do that too. There's a handful of people who I started at the same time as, as well, that is, that are really, really fun to watch them grow. But I feel like, I mean, there were, I started at a funny time because some people had already been blogging for several years, like the bloggers who have been around for a long time. Those were the people that I looked up to who it never felt like my following would be as big as theirs or my readership would be as big as theirs because they had just been blogging for so long. And then there were people who started at the same time as me, which was kind of when like the health food craze on Instagram was just beginning to be a thing. So there were who started around the same time as you. Like, I'm so curious, like who was like, who were your fellow Instagrammers? Yeah. I mean, it's a, that's a really good question because some of them aren't really like doing it anymore I feel like it it took a couple of different turns but there was like Sophie Gray from Way of Gray who is definitely still do you do you know who she is yeah of course I know she's like I feel like an expert (laughs) yeah she's amazing so we started around the same time um her content has kind of shifted over time she recently started posting all this body love stuff that kind of said like I'm not going to post anymore six pack photos or anything like that because it just was putting too much pressure on her so she's really all about just acceptance self-love healthy habits all that kind of stuff um so we've been following and supporting each other since the beginning there were so so I was so into the vegan thing that I was following a ton of vegan bloggers and vegan instagrammers when I first started there was um a girl her name's Natasha. She had one called or- Organic and Happy. She, I don't think she really blogs anymore. I mean, she still has an Instagram. She posts like once every several, several months. And she was, I mean, n- not to call people out, but she was one of so many people who was very upset when I stopped being vegan. So I kind of took okay. myself out of that community a little bit. But there was lots of lots of vegan bloggers who I followed. Um, there were some people who started at the same time as me who have absolutely blown up, like Kayla Itzines, who's obviously huge now, which is so cool. There's Amy from The Healthy Apple, who I've been following for a long time. There's Tara from The Whole Tara, who she doesn't blog as much anymore, but we were very, very close when I lived in New York. And we were, she was one of the only other bloggers that I knew at the time and we met off of Instagram which was so crazy because at the time people just weren't doing that or I wasn't doing that at least so she was one of my first Instagram friends who I met there was also Mikkel from Nutrition Stripped and Sophie Philosophy Mama Um, a lot of us have remained really good friends and always continue to support each other a lot of us have books that have come out hosted events our brands have gone in all different directions but it's so cool to see what people have done with their instagram presence and what kind of brand they've built off of that and of course that's how we met because you were working for a different company that was working with my blog and now it's just the norm to meet other bloggers off of Instagram and become real life friends but that wasn't the norm back in the day it's really come a long way yeah definitely um i mean Mikhail, I, uh, I only knew actually a couple of the people that you just listed. Mikhail, I love. I worked with her too at the last um, company I was with, but she's definitely like such an inspo. She's built such an impressive business too. Yeah, with her, with her cookbooks. She's, she's incredible. So I would say definitely swung both ways with the people who started at the same time as me. Some of them have kind of stopped blogging or I feel like they were just so niche in what they talked about, which was veganism mostly, that they didn't really continue because it just became a little bit too niche for them. Or they have completely blown up and built incredible brand around what they're doing. So it has gone a couple of ways. Um, And then I would say most people that I follow really closely now are people who, like all the people that you mentioned, um, and people in the wellness community who... Some of them have started around when I did. Some of them have started way more recently. It's really just about like their content. Like I follow a lot of 
yoga Instagrammers like the Southern Yogi and Jessica Oli who have built such amazing communities. So, and I think that they have only been doing it for a couple of years. I, there's so many people that I stalk on Instagram. It's so fun. <laughs> That's what I do in the bath. I go, I stalk Instagram when Me I'm in the bath. Me too. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only person who holds my phone in the bath because some people say, why would you do that? You might drop it. I know. Everyone says that to me too. And knock on wood, like I haven't. But Same. I do get nervous, but like I hold it so tightly that like, I don't know. It's me like my too. one hour to just like go. I don't go on Instagram during the day unless it's to post. And it's my time to catch up and, and most importantly to engage with people and that's when I reply to everyone. It's nice. And okay. It's so weird how similar we are because I do the you know, exact same thing. <laughs> like the, my time in the bath is dedicated to engaging with people on Instagram. It's so crazy to hear you say that. I love I it. Know. Well, ever since we sat at Gracias Madre like a few months ago when I was in California and I left and I remember being like, wow, like I always knew I could relate to her, but we're really similar. Like, Yeah. Down really to our similar. favorite quest bar flavors. Uh, I haven't had a quest bar since August. Oh yeah, because you've been stevia free. Yes. Well, I started having stevia again, but like I just, I started looking more into the quest bars and I just, I I would never tell someone like what they should and shouldn't eat besides like my dad because I made him stop eating them. But I was like, I was like no more. And then now I've been having, I'm a bar girl. Like I love them and I know you are too. And yes. Like, they're convenient. I put them in my bag. Like, I don't have to think. And I have, like, Perfect Bar and the Elemental Superfood Bars, which they sell in they sell in California, I think, like, all over in yeah. Whole Foods. And that replaced my Quest Bar craving, their chocolate peanut butter one. Oh, I'll have to look into those because I'm with you. I don't like to put sucralose into my body either. Yeah. And I've been reading the Bulletproof Diet book by Dave Asprey, who's, oh. like, such an inspiration he's so cool and there's a whole section in there on (gasps) sucralose and that is one of the main ingredients in the one flavor of quest bar that i like to eat but yeah that's probably why we like it (laughs) i know but i'm also in this funny balance of like trying not to be too restrictive because i was for so long and letting myself have a few of those things because it's not the end of the world you know but it's also not something that i want to be putting into my body especially because my hormones need a lot of help so I don't want to put anything into my body that could mess with my hormones like sucralose so I'm gonna have to look into some new bars I do love perfect bars I eat like a perfect bar probably every day maybe every other day which also (laughs) my nutritionist Kelly who was on the last last podcast is not a fan of perfect bars because there's so much honey because honey's the main ingredient so it's you know, it's like very, very high sugar content in perfect bars. But the health is a give and take. And if you're going to have something sweet, I say have a perfect bar over a cookie from like your local cookie shop. So you just have to be mindful of the fact that it does have a lot of sugar, might spike your blood sugar. So have it with some protein or some. Fat. Yeah. Oh, all right. I got to talk to Kelly. I need her like expert, I <laughs> expert opinion. I'm sugar expert. Female, like I love sugar in in natural form, like Same. not. I don't even know what that means now that I'm like saying natural form. This is why I'm not like a nutritionist, but <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean. You like, like healthy white sugar, health food sugar. Yeah, like Agave, I love baby. honey, that kind of stuff. You don't, yeah, you exactly. don't want to eat like refined table sugar. Exactly. So I probably should lay low on that, but. I guess that's that's another hurdle I'll get to eventually once I want to. I never thought that the Quest Bar habit would die. And my husband, like, he's a pretty big, like, he doesn't eat or drink anything that has, like, any type of fake sweetener. Like, he doesn't even, he hates stevia. Like, he oh, won't wow. eat, drink anything with stevia. And when I stopped eating Quest Bars, he was so happy. And I truly never thought I'd see the day. And then now, like, like just the smell of it, like, I, it's almost like when I quit Diet Coke. Like, after I quit Diet Coke, now the taste of it, like, I literally get nauseous from it. And it's kind of like that. Like, once you don't have those fake sweeteners in your body for a period of time, like, you just get used to not having them. And then when you have it, it feels, like, so fake and just, like, yeah. doesn't work. No, I totally agree because I've gone off of Quest Bars for 
like months at a time and I've had that same like gag reaction to them when I think about them or when I see them I would see them at the gas station and think those are absolutely (laughs) disgusting blocks of cement why would anybody eat those and then look at just like that I'm back on them now because I was just on a road trip to northern california and i had to get something at the gas station there were not very many options so i thought okay i can i can have this cookie dough quest bar i do like the way that it tastes now of course i've had one every single day for the last like yeah because that's how i am i'm like oh you yeah i like bold. these <laughs> but i know but yeah that's i have to personality. i have i know i have to start getting it out of my life again so speaking of health wellness all of that stuff what is your well so do you have a fitness philosophy and what is your fitness routine um I guess I'll start with my routine because I've actually never thought about my philosophy before um I typically work out I would say like average five days a week um and I like bar classes like I love bar three that actually is the first studio, like, or workout, I should say, that actually, like, made me want to work out. I oh, never cool. worked out up until probably about a year and a half to two years ago. I really despised working out always. Um, and bar three I love. I love Fly Bar at Flywheel Sports. And I took my, like, first hot yoga class a few yeah, months ago. I know. And then I took it at Y7 and I, and I liked it, but I just, it was so dark in there. And I was just like, I want to go back now that I know what, a little bit more of what I'm doing, but it was so dark. I was so like intimidated by it, which I feel like is the opposite of how you're supposed to feel. Um, yeah, and then I went to, it's common to feel that way. Yeah. And then I went to sweat yoga, um, which I know they have in LA and New York last week. And I want to start putting like one of those a week into my routine. So like four bar classes, one yoga class. Um, I not much of a spinner. Like I love flywheel sports and my husband goes every week, but spin just like really hurts my knees and it hurts my hips sometimes. So I try not to do that unless it's for like an event or like something fun. And then I enjoy it for then, but it's not like weekly. Um, and I guess my philosophy is to do what works best for you. So just because someone is really good at strength training or running, like that doesn't mean that you are too. Like I can't run more than a mile. Like my body just isn't built for it. And I'm fine with that. Like I walk and I take bar and knock on wood. Like I'm, I'm doing pretty well with that. Um, so just do what works for your body and don't worry about what other people are doing. And when I'm in classes, I don't look at what anyone else is doing. Like I really don't care. I'm not very competitive. Um, I'm more just competitive with myself. Yeah, that's an amazing fitness philosophy. And again, we're very similar because I too do not like to spin. It's probably the one type of workout that I actually just don't enjoy doing. I, <laughs> pretty much like everything class. else. Um, I think that you're going to fall in love with yoga once you find the perfect studio for you, as I often tell you, which is why I cannot wait for you to come back to LA so you can take my class and then you'll just have to convince Jordan to move here so that you can take it all the time and be a SoCal girl. <laughs> I can only dream. Jordan, when you listen, well, if you listen, I'll make you listen, but yeah. see, that's our hint. We got to go. <laughs> I know it really is. It's your sign, your sign from the universe, which brings me to my next question because it would be so fun to have you here. But even if you don't move here, I think there's so many cool things that we can do together because we have very similar brands, but different audiences at the same time because we have different focuses. So we talk a lot about doing something fun together. Tell our listeners what you think would be awesome for us to do together. We've spoken about it, but my first idea is that we need to host like a retreat of sorts. Like we need to go somewhere really fun, like Hawaii or I don't really know where else, but like somewhere that's like warm and like beachy and tropical and do like a food meets yoga like weekend. So with food, food styling and food photography, and then you could teach yoga. I'll teach people how to like bake, cook and food style and then just like hang out. I think that'd be so fun with like other people in the community, like readers and other influencers and 
really anyone, um, I think that would be awesome. But I don't know. What do you think? What are some of your ideas? I You're think, always going. I know. So are you. <laughs> um, I think that's the best idea. I love the idea of a joint retreat where people can do yoga and learn how to make healthy food. I think it's a really good balance of two different things because we would have the fitness aspect of yoga and the nutrition aspect of food and learning how to make healthier options of everything that we know and love. Plus, I think it would just be so fun because you and I are such good friends and we like to connect with people with like-minded interests. So I think it'd be a place for people to meet new friends and find people with similar passions. So if anybody is listening who knows of a great place to host, shout out, holler at your girls. Last time we hosted an event together, we got like... 85, 90 people signed up, which to me was shocking. I think Rachel just has a very active, engaged audience and together it was just a blast. And our dynamic together is just really fun. So I think it's fun to dream, to think about. And I think we should make it happen next year. But we have about 10 more minutes of this podcast. So I want to ask you a couple more questions. One of them is business related because I think a lot of people listening can really benefit from how you've built your brand and built your business over the last couple of years since beginning to do this on your own. So Rachel, you are a total badass businesswoman. You are a complete one woman show as many of us bloggers are. So share with us your tips, tricks, secrets, and anything you've learned that helps. Um, oh gosh, you're catching me on one of those days when I'm like, I want to like poke my eyeballs out because I just, I need, I do need help. But at the same time, I like, I'm so like stubborn in my ways that it's really hard for me to let people in. Mm -hmm. Um, like I'm so obsessive and have to make sure that everything gets done not like my way, but like in the way that has helped me grow my business. So I would, I don't even know. I don't even know how to answer that because I'm so, this past weekend I was home for like three or four days and it was like the first time I think in almost a year that I felt so relaxed. Like Jordan said to me, he's like, I haven't seen you this mellow in a really long time. Like I know, like I don't stop going and I, I work very late hours and I'm always doing something. And even when I finish one project, I'm like, Oh, I have to do this too. And I definitely could use help. But at the same time, I'm like, am I really going to let somebody help me? Am I? Probably. Right. <laughs> like, I don't, I like, like you were saying before with like packages, like if I had an assistant, like would I actually let the assistant open packages for me? Maybe, maybe like after a period of time. But I think that the next, like venture for me would be just someone to help me like manage my brand partnerships. I think that's definitely the area which, you know, you like listen to me complain all the time, but like that's definitely the area that like I could use help with. But the secret, I don't know. I've been trying to think about what the secret is as I was talking to try and like, right. <laughs> it's a really hard up. question to answer. Maybe there is no secret. And I don't, there is no secret. And I don't believe in balance. Like I don't, I think some days, you're going to feel great. I think other days you're going to feel overwhelmed. I think that's just life. I think maybe that's the secret. It's accepting the fact that there's no such thing as like the perfect balance and that certain days everything's going to go so perfectly. And then other days things are going to suck and that's just life and you have to accept it. Well, I think that is balance. That's kind of a balanced mindset to have about balance because I think if you put too much pressure on wanting everything to be the same every day and wanting things to just be really streamlined that's tough because every day is different especially as a blogger especially as a one woman show one woman business some days are going to be great some days you're going to want to rip your eyeballs out some days you're going to be so inspired you'll make 10 recipes and write five blog posts some days you won't even want to look at your kitchen or write anything so it, it kind of is balanced to just accept that and to know that that's okay doesn't mean that you're failing that's been the biggest thing for me to learn is that to sit in front of the computer all day and write or to get out and be in a photo shoot all day long those are not the only successful days those are not that is not the definition of success is like banging out tons and tons and tons of work that is unrealistic for one person to do and to handle I think the better days 
are the days where I let myself have a little bit of a break and have that wind down time like you're talking about so that I can get reconnected to what really inspires me and what I want to create next and really think about the future of my brand. Because when you're just a one person show, you have to stop sometimes and think about where is this going? You don't want to have to live in the day to day. You want to be able to, yes, get the day to day stuff done, but also look long term and think, what am I going to be doing in the future? How do I make that happen? And sometimes that does require having a couple more people on your team, whether it be like your husband and your mom that you talk to about it or a friend or somebody that you can go to for business advice. I think, I don't know. I I mean, I guess I'm just answering my own question here because that's part of the secret, I guess, that I've learned. That's not so much of a secret, but putting so much pressure on having like daily success. So like, you know, writing all the blog posts in one day and just sitting down and, oh, I was in front of the computer for 10 hours today. I used to be very proud of that kind of stuff because it made me feel like I just had this amazing work ethic and I could do anything. But it was also, that's not the way that you grow. So when I was doing stuff like that, I was kind of stuck. Like my brand was becoming stagnant and everything was sort of plateauing. But when I take more time to myself to meditate, do yoga, work out, spend time with friends, travel, to catch up with people on the phone, that's when I really have new exciting ideas like starting a podcast, planning retreats, working on my next book. And those are the stuff that that really pushes, those are the things that push a brand along and kind of grow a brand. So I guess that's just my answer to the question but this is (laughs) stuff that we just figure out as we go along it's yeah I mean I I for one don't have a degree in business I have a degree in creative writing so it's something that that's helpful for you yeah it's really helpful which is why I put so much pressure on myself to write so much because I think like that like you said the bread and butter of your brand is your fo- your food photos on your white marble slab that are taken in the rain when it's overcast <laughs> outside. And for me, the bread and butter of my brand is writing, like writing really heartfelt, long blog posts. And I love it. Like, that's what I love. That's why I do what I do. But if I put the pressure on myself to create that every single day, like 365 days a year, my brand would never grow because it would just be this one thing all the time. So we have to always be forward thinking. I think that's very important, which brings me to my final question for you today. Although there's so many more, so we'll have to have you back on soon. What do you see for the future of your blog and your brand? Mm, The future. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's, this is the third time excuse me, that I've been asked this question on a podcast. And this is the third time that I really don't have a concrete answer. But I would say in the more immediate future, um, my husband is like very helpful. I probably I should definitely should have mentioned that in the last question. Like he helps me a lot when it comes to like the accounting parts of this. And I really anything that I need, like an opinion, anything and he helps. And I've been thinking lately it'd be so cool to find a way to like bring him really involved in the business because he's so smart and like he's one of the only people that I that I trust enough to like tell that tell them everything and I think it'd be so cool to bring him into my business. He's going to hear about this for the first time when he listens, but I, I think, think that-, that would be so cool when I hear about couples that that go into business together or like husbands or boyfriends that get involved in their wife's blog business and then help them grow it exponentially. I think it's the coolest thing ever. You guys should listen to the skinny confidentials podcast, Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick. They do that. He's gotten really involved in her brand. They're so inspiring to me. Um, She's somebody else who's a contemporary of mine. I couldn't think of a lot of people when I was first saying it, but that's cool. I love hearing that. That's incredible. Yeah, I think that would be, I think that would be nice. And I love um, Lauren and Michael, Michael Bostic. Well, I guess is she Lauren Bostic now? Yeah, I mean, she did just get married. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I like cool what they're doing. I, I think do that's too. Awesome. That's, that's exciting. Oh, so one more thing then. Do you see a cookbook in your future? Because I think every single person who follows you sees a cookbook in your future. 
I don't know. That I really – I get at – that I typically just answer saying probably not. Um, I, the way I look at it is that I don't use cookbooks, so why would somebody want to, like, buy my cookbook? But that could be, like, an incorrect perspective to have. Like, maybe I'm not right. But I don't know. Like, if all my recipes are on my blog for free – why is someone going to pay to see them or to pay to, to get them? Technically, it would probably be all new recipes, which is a I huge know. undertaking. And that was my next thing. And then if it's, not, if it's all different ones, that's a lot of work. Um, like that, that'll put me out of like my current business for like quite some time. So I don't know. If the timing is right, I don't like to say – I never say never. Like I don't like to say that'll never happen. But if the timing's right, maybe – I don't know if it would necessarily be a cookbook. Um, I don't think it would be a, a, a book that I would write either because I'm not a very good writer. But I don't know. I'd be into publishing something of sorts and then like putting it out there. Like I just don't know if it would be a book. I'm not sure. Yeah. TBD. Good to know. I've been wondering that just because I feel like you would you would have so many great recipes for a cookbook. But it's true. It's something to take into consideration that it really – puts your own business in a different place when you're working on a book and to try to maintain a blog at the same time is difficult I mean the first thing a publisher tells you to do is keep up your blog because you don't want to finish writing your book and have your blog audience nowhere to be found but it's definitely hard to keep both of those up and I took that so much to heart that I just never worked on my book when I was writing my book and just would set aside like really random times to work on my book that like I would write you know half the book in one sitting because I was so panicked about not maintaining my blog at the same time but I did learn a lot of tactics for the future when I hopefully write another one and have a little bit more of a balanced experience but that's amazing and I'm so excited to hear what is on the horizon for you and what's potentially on the horizon and it's just really cool to hear about the way that you've that you've built this blog and this business and I can't wait to see it keep growing thank you you too Jordan it's been so nice to just kind of have I would say someone like side by side that you could like go to and turn to for advice and just feedback because as other bloggers know it's like the wild west over here like you never know there's no like roadmap there's no cookie cutter way of doing this and it's without the support of other people you wouldn't be here well we wouldn't be here I should say yeah only me (laughs) (laughs) only me I wouldn't be here no exactly well I'm so happy to have had you here on the podcast it was a blast having you share your tips and tricks and wisdom with everybody so tell our listeners Rachel where they can find you so I am consistently Rachel Mansfield on every single platform um on my blog Rachel Mansfield Pinterest Instagram and I don't really I don't use Snapchat I just stalk Snapchat um, and Facebook too. And it's Rachel Mansfield. So Rachel without the E. (laughs) Yes, because if you start looking for Rachel Mansfield with the E, you will be emailing the person who I have sent several emails. Oh my God, that poor girl. She sends me all my emails. If the other Rachel Mansfield is out there. Oh my God, Rachel Mansfield, (laughs) if you're listening, that is so nice of you. you. She's so awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. So fun talking to you. And we will be talking very soon. We'll be texting all day, I'm sure. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. It was so fun having Rachel on. Let me know if you want to have her back on because I definitely do. And we can ask her lots more fun questions. And if any of you guys are thinking about starting a blog, I hope that you learn lots of tips and tricks in this episode because we kind of just rift off of each other's answers and it was a blast so i hope everybody's loving the podcast as always send me any suggestions requests hopefully the sound quality was the best it's been so far because i learned how to do some editing tips and tricks thanks to tommy's help so yeah let me know and i'll talk to you soon bye